Mency Lee Petway puts it this way. We was taught there's so many ways, different ways, to build a quilt. It's like building a house. You can start with a bedroom over there or a den over here and just add on till you get what you want. Ought not two quilts ever be the same. You might use exactly the same material, but you would do it different. A lot of people make quilts just for your bed for to keep you warm. But a quilt is more. It represents safekeeping. It represents beauty. And you could say it represents family history. Words of Mency Lee Petway from a study titled But a Quilt is More by Vanessa Kramer Sohan. We have a chance to place ourselves in front of just such a quilt to surround ourselves with what women like Mency Lee Petway constructed. Many contend Petway and the others were building a sense of self, self in community as they created those quilts. The Everhart Museum in Scranton is featuring an exhibition titled Bold Independence with quilts made during the second half of the 20th century by 11 African-American women from Mississippi and Alabama. A number of the works are by the famous G's Bend quilters, and a majority were produced in the Black Belt region of central Alabama. Curated by Kathy Johnson Bowles and formed by selections from the collection of David Whaley, the exhibition sheds light on artistic traditions found in African-American quilt making. This Thursday, November 11th, at 6 in the evening, the Everhart Museum will host What Makes African-American Quilts Compelling Art? A conversation with art collector David Whaley and Everhart Museum Executive Director Kathy Johnson Bowles. In addition to being the Everhart Museum's Executive Director, Kathy Johnson Bowles is a textile artist working with themes of identity and social justice, a folk art scholar and an art critic. She has served on the Folk Art Society of America's board for more than 15 years, and she's a frequent contributor to the Folk Art Messenger magazine, where she focuses on underrepresented artists. We had a chance to speak by phone with Kathy Johnson-Bowles about the show and Thursday's forum. The exhibition is called Bold Independence, and there are 15 works by known African-American women from Mississippi and Alabama, and uh, they feature some of the most well-known artists of the second half of the 20th century that most people know from the G's Bend Quilts in Alabama and the Souls Grown Deep Foundation. And they came to us via a collector in Virginia. His name is David Whaley. And I've known David for more than 20 years and worked with him at Longwood University. And an opportunity came up in the schedule, and I said how wonderful it would be to juxtapose these quilts from the mid to late 20th century with more contemporary works by young people from around the country looking at social justice issues and and their workshops that were conducted by the Social Justice Sewing Academy in California. And just looking at how quilt making can be more about activism and uh, talking about identity. 
And what's wonderful for us here in our region is that you have an expertise in this area, textiles and not just quilts, I'm sure, but this has been an area of your study and passion, it sounds like. Yes, definitely. So I am a a visual artist in my other part of my life. And my work focuses on textiles and basically using found fabric. And then I'm also a writer about vernacular art. And I've been involved with folk art for decades now. So bringing that to Scranton is a wonderful opportunity and something that I'm thrilled about because I think that everyone has something to say and everyone has something deep within inside them that compels them every day to think about the world in different ways. And so that's what I really appreciate about this artwork. And the pieces you mentioned that are from a younger generation, please tell us something more about them. So the, the other exhibition is called Every Stitch Counts, and an organization called the Social Justice Sewing Academy has gone around and done workshops with young people who are in underrepresented areas and underrepresented people. So they're both male and female, and which is wonderful when you think about how using fabric has always been seen as a domain of mainly women. So it's really challenging boundaries about who uses what materials to convey important topics. And we also think about quilts, perhaps, and textiles as, oh, they're very nice, but they're not very challenging. And so it really turns things on its head to think about not only the Every Stitch Counts work, but also the Bold Independence work. They may be generations apart, but they're really both about identity and communicating about various aspects of identity for definitely people of color. If we know and have followed and been intrigued by the G's Bend quilters, they are distinguished by those bold colors. What do such bright, distinctive colors signify? Colors that have often been reproduced now on greeting cards and things like that, right? (laughs) Yeah, on postage stamps as well. I think it comes from cultural memory, and it comes from peoples, their ancestors from West Africa who became enslaved, and they brought those aesthetic traditions of color and pattern on pattern and bold shapes with them, and they've been handed down by memory and tradition. And I also think it, I know to be, a way of communicating. So during the period of the Underground Railroad, many of these forms of quilts and patterns were used as a device to communicate. So, for example, the monkey wrench pattern, which is on display through these women's works, that was to tell, if you put that out on the line, that was to tell people, get your tools together, get, get yourself together, it's almost time to go. Another pattern that is used in, in more bold bold patterning was the drunkard's path. And what that was meant to convey, if it was out on the line, is to tell you that do not take a straight path along the road. Take a circuitous path because there are people watching. So I think that there's kind of multiple aspects of the bold patterning and the pattern on pattern and the bright colors that is really interesting when you 
go to look at what they were talking about in their quilts. And the women that made the quilts in the exhibition are direct ancestors of enslaved people. In fact, many of their names are the, the name of the plantation owners, like Petway, for example. Would you introduce us to David Whaley, because he'll be with you in conversation soon. Sure. David is a graphic designer by profession. He has uh, been a collector for decades, and his interest in the quilts came to being because he likes bold design, but also appreciates the work of Frank Stella, Hans Hoffman, Gene Davis. And so if you look at those contemporary artists' work and think about the quilts by the women that are on display here, you kind of start to make sense of his interest in, in abstraction. And he has been involved in the arts. He's been on the Folk Art Society board. He's been on various boards throughout Virginia. And so He's just a really interesting, fun person to talk about the aesthetics with. So the plan will be on the 11th. Tell us what's in store. We're going to take an approach more of a conversation, perhaps the Charlie Rose of museum conversations, where we're just going to sit down. And like I said, we've known each other for more than 20 years. So we have kind of a natural going back and forth and kind of challenging each other and humor and quips because we know each other so well. But we're really going to dive deep into the aesthetics of the quilts and give people a little bit of idea of who these women are and what their backgrounds are and how they could make something so incredibly beautiful in the midst of living in such harsh conditions of culture, of environment, of oppression and injustice and that they could persevere and be resilient to have their own identity with regard to to art making. So I think that that's going to be interesting for people to know that the conditions in which they lived without running water and electricity, and that their homes would be papered with newspaper on the inside just to keep the cold weather out, is kind of a, a profound story of life. And so I hope people will be inspired to appreciate their lives and work more. We always know that the hanging of an exhibit is very important and the playing of one piece against another so that there can be conversations among the works themselves. How about this particular show? Yeah. So I wanted to create those rhythms those visual rhythms uh, across the page. I always think about curating and designing an exhibition more like poetry. There's starts and stops and uh, a play between them. So sometimes I've played with color and line, and sometimes I've played with shapes. Uh, I don't often put the same artist's work next to each other because I'd like people to see how it It works with other quilts, but also allowing your eye to visually be engaged everywhere you go. Um, So I think it's going to be a lot of fun for people because they are so arresting. And I think that even though people think about quilts as fine stitches and precise stitches, that these are not, and that's what makes them so great. They're improvisational. They're made from everything from 
satin to wool to polyester. I mean, some of it's and to hear what the women say about it, like saying, well, we made we made quilts out of polyester because who wants to wear polyester in the heat of the South? I, I think that would be great for people to see. When we think about women coming together to do quilting, were these some of that where they were working together or independently? Was it both to create these quilts? So what the, they say is that, you know, you do your piecing alone and but you do the quilting together. And so, you know, uh, early mornings or after working in the fields, they would do their piecing. And then when there were times that they weren't working in the fields, then they would come together with the other women of the community to actually put the batting together and then put the, put the tops together and then start quilting. And there's some really neat photos of them working together but also there's some beautiful photographs that were made during the Depression by Arthur Rothstein and Marion Post Walcott, you know, documenting G's Bend. And you can really see, you know, the generational knowledge through the photographs, um, girls being taught by their mothers or grandmothers or aunts to do the, to do the work. So it, it's interesting to hear them hear their words about what that was about and what, what that was like, too. Tell us how long the exhibition will be available to us and then the particulars of the special event. Uh, this exhibition will be ongoing until June, so there's plenty of time to see it. Uh, at least Bolt Independence will be on until June. Every Stitch Counts will end at the end of December, December 27th. And then for Thursday, we'll begin at 6 o'clock in the galleries, and David and I will just be sitting in a couple of chairs surrounded by the audience, and the audience can participate as well. And there's no, no charge. We just welcome everyone to come and enjoy. Have you had a chance since you've been in your new position, Johnson, to poke around in the textile collection at the Everhart itself? You know, I've been here seven months, and I take lots of opportunities to go into the collection and start looking at things. I was amazed to find, you know, different types of textiles, everything from Dr. Everhart's Union uniform, which was interesting. And then we have a wonderful collection of dolls. We have other garments and and textiles. So I'm, I'm really getting to know the collection, and I'm looking forward to putting together lots of new exhibitions and really taking things out of storage and enjoying them. Kathy Johnson-Bowles, Executive Director of the Everhart Museum in Scranton, speaking with us about two coinciding textile exhibitions, Bold Independence, African-American Quilts from the Collection of David Whaley, and Every Stitch Counts, Works from the Social Justice Sewing Academy. Every Stitch Counts was developed by the Everhart Museum in conjunction with the Social Justice Sewing Academy, and that is a national youth education program that bridges artistic expression with activism, and that will be up to December 27th. And the Bold Independence exhibition will be up through June of 2022. This Thursday, November 11th, at 6 in the evening, the Everhart Museum will host What Makes African-American Quilts Compelling Art 
And that's a conversation with art collector David Whaley and Everhart Museum Executive Director Kathy Johnson-Bowles. During the forum, they will discuss the background and design elements of the quilts, and they will interact with those on hand. The event is free, but pre-registration is required, and you can contact general.information, general.information at everhart-museum.org. And Everhart is spelled E-V-E-R-H-A-R-T. And the Everhart Museum is located at 1901 Mulberry Street in Scranton. And the overall web address is everhart-museum.org, everhart-museum.org. Thursday, November 11th at 6 p.m., it is What Makes African American Quilts Compelling Art, a conversation with art collector David Whaley, whose quilts are on exhibit at the museum, and Kathy Johnson-Bowles, the executive director of the museum and expert in folk art. This event is free, but pre-registration is required. Everhart-museum.org. Everhart-museum.org.